Howdy, 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 everyone. Welcome back to Texas, where Gunner almost burped. Also, the show about some things Texas. And some things not. We've got a super fun episode in store for you today. Super califragilistic expiala Texas. Hey! But before we get to all of our segments... Just might find her at the Whataburger line. Dance halls and women. But man, I'm wishing that I was fishing by the river tonight in Texas. First, as always, your favorite segment and ours, our not sponsors. Our sponsors, they don't sponsor us. No they money. Zero money. At zero all. support. Everything's on us. So thank you to our not sponsors. Seth, who's our first not sponsor today? Huge shout out to Bucky's. Bucky's! It's like if Walmart and 7-Eleven had a baby. Bucky's! Do you need a God bless you sign next to a Longhorn with a 75 ounce Coke? <laughs> Bucky's! Did you just get a foreign exchange student and want to show them what America's really like? Bucky's! <laughs> Is this your litmus test for friends? Bucky's! Are you going to the river in your pajamas? Need some ice? Bucky's! Do you got five hours to kill and just don't have anything better to do? Bucky's! Are you going out of your way just to make a pit stop at a certain gas station even though there have been 80 million on your way to it? Bucky's! Texas. Beaver nuggets forever. <laughs> Beaver nuggets. It's fried butter. It's, like, that's exactly what it is. Is that what it is? Yeah. It's like, it's like dough and butter. Fried. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was like, there were different flavors and whatnot. I think there's different coatings, but it's legitimately it's like cake, blocks right? of butter thrown into a fryer, pulled out, and then like it's roll. Like it's funnel cake, but in nugget yeah, form? Yeah, in like nugget form. Okay. Which is genius. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Obviously. So I... I I really wish that Bucky's would build affordable housing behind it Same. so that all of America's obese could just be like, yes. One of my goals in life is to, at night, when everybody's quiet, sneak into one of the Bucky's, steal the giant beaver, and put it in my backyard. <laughs> right next to a bush? Right next to a bush. Nice. Innuendo. Innuendo. Bucky's. <laughs> all right. Our other <laughs> not sponsor for today's episode of Texas is Texas Made Supply Co. Texas, Texas Made, Made Supply Co. Co. Want to look like you're a barber or a barbecue pit, ma- pit master? Texas, Texas Made Supply. Supply. Texas Made Supply Co. Let's try it again. Let's try it again. Texas, Texas Made Supply Co. Co. Want to look like you are possibly giving a tattoo while also building some leather boots on your own? Texas, Texas Made, Made Supply Co. Co. I'm wearing one of their shirts and one of their hats right now. Texas, Texas made, made supply co. co. Do you need supplies from Texas? Texas, Texas made, made supply co. co. Need some seasoning and also a nice shirt. Texas, Texas made, made supply co. co. You're going to go hit the driving range and then maybe make a pizza in your homemade brick oven that you put in your backyard, even though your backyard's only like 10 feet long. Texas, Texas made, made supply co. co. Seriously, go check them out. Their new HQ just opened up in Georgetown. They didn't tell us to do this. I just really like the brand. We do really like their stuff. They're super fun. Yeah, so shouts out, Kyle. Shouts out. Texas, Texas made, made Supply Co. Co. That was good. I didn't even know you were going to do it on that one. Nice. Thanks. Texas Made Supply Co. All right. <laughs> what happened once upon a time 
in Texas history. Once upon a time in Texas Once history. Once upon a time. Today we're going to talk about the Battle of Nacogdoches, which culminated on August 2nd, 1832, after a group of, at that time, Texians resisted an order issued in July by the commander of the Mexican army at Nacogdoches to surrender their arms. Okay. It was a three-day battle, more or less. Okay. And a lot of stuff was happening around this time. Got we're, it. We're getting into the Texas Revolution. Yeah. That's what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, John Dutton's probably halfway there from Tennessee at this point, right? Exactly. John Dutton's on his way. Yeah, historical fact. <laughs> Taylor Sheridan is about to buy. Taylor it. Sheridan is about to buy all of this. <laughs> so what was going on is Texas and the people living in it mm -hmm. were under Mexican rule. Got it. And they they kind of like, you know, uh, whenever the colonists came over to the United States, they were like, you know what? We don't really want to pay taxes to a government that is funding projects that we don't get to yeah, benefit, like benefit from at all. More or yeah. less. I mean, that's the truncated mm -hmm. version, TLDR, yeah. whatever. We don't want to pay your taxes because we're not receiving the benefits. Yeah. That's ultimately yeah. what it was. It doesn't happen anymore. But. <laughs> <laughs> and what happened was a lot of people decided that they were going to rebel against the central government of Mexico. Awesome. And they were going to try and become their own nation, Texas. Texas. Right. Mexico didn't like that. Yeah. They were like, they wait were, a second. They were none too pleased. Yeah. So one of the things that happened is the army commander in Nacogdoches, Jose de las Piedras, after, after viewing all that occurred during the Anahuac disturbances, issued an order that all residents in his area surrender their arms. This is where it gets even more fun. Okay. James Bowie heard of the situation and cut short a visit to Natchez in July, 1832 to return to Texas. Okay. So James Bowie is one of those people who features heavily yeah. the Texas Revolution mm -hmm. and was about to go somewhere else and decided mm -hmm. that the fight was in Texas. Okay. And he went So he to, was leaving Texas. He was leaving. Yeah, And exactly. then heard that and said, I'm going to go. I think a lot of high schools will be named after me if mm -hmm. I just turn around. If I just turn around and go, it'll All be right. great. Yeah. So on July 28th, they issued a call for help from the local settlements. Okay. So they know that the Mexican army is yeah. going to come and try and enforce this order to lay down their arms. Mm -hmm. So they gather their militia, right? Yeah. This is right to bear arms, gather your mm -hmm. militia. This is why we have that enshrined in the Constitution, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Anyway, so they, they bring up a force of about 300 uh, to meet up at a place called Pine Hill. That's a different movie. <laughs> I know. And elected <laughs> James W. Bullock. You, you the, recognize the, the yeah, name yeah, mm -hmm. of Adiak Bayou as their captain. Okay. Okay. So on the morning of August 2nd, 1832, Bowie joined the Texian militia as they marched into Nacogdoches to voice their demands to Piedras and declare favor for Santa Ana. Okay. So remember, we're not quite to the Texas Revolution yet. We're getting so close. So Santa Ana is still kind of in play is yeah. maybe he's our guy. Yeah. Right? Maybe mm -hmm. he's the guy to rebel against the yeah, well, Mexican what, army. What a lot of people don't know is Mexico as a nation up to this point had turned over its ruler or its dictator or its governor like a couple times. Six times yeah. in the past 12 to 15 All years. All was not well with the Yeah. Mexican it wasn't army. like Mexico was just like everything is figured out here. Right. Nothing to see. Because they had invited people from the U.S. to come yeah. to Mexico, mm -hmm. promise them land and whatnot. The reason they did that was because they knew settlers would be attacked by yeah. native population. <laughs> they, were, they were evacuating to the south and were like, let's just put other people here. Right, because they wanted to clear out yeah. the natives, but they didn't want to pay for it. Yeah. So that's what they did. Yeah. Uh, knowing that they would get... Genius move, honestly. I mean, hey, if, if you're like, hey, there's a problem over there, we could solve it this way and save yeah. some money. Hey, mm -hmm. good on you. 
But this is what happens. Yeah. People get unhappy mm-hmm. because they're constantly being attacked. Yeah. And, and or <laughs> they realize they're a pawn in your scheme. And apparently most people don't right. like that. They don't like it. They don't like it. Yeah. So on August 2nd, Bowie joins the militia. They march to Nacogdoches. And the uh, <laughs> Piedras is obviously like, no, this is still the order. Yeah. I'm loyal to the Mexican mm-hmm. government. Lay down your arms. Yeah. This is the way it's this is the way it's happening, guys. The group returned in the evening, and before they had reached the building housing uh, the city officials, they were attacked by a force of 100 Mexican cavalry. Now, they returned fire, but eventually fell back. Fighting continued, and the cavalry did eventually retreat to the garrison where the Texians initiated their siege. Okay. Right? They took possession of several buildings, including the Old Stone Fort. That will be important later. Got it. uh, With Mexican casualties escalating. The Mexican army took refuge in the main fort. A second battle line began to form to the north that drove the cavalry from the Mexican headquarters known as old red house while Redlanders arriving from San Augustine approached from the rear during the night, the Mexican army evacuated from the city. And on August 3rd, James Carter Bowie and 15 companions ambushed the fleeing army on the Angelina river and Piedras fled to a nearby home. His men wow. turned against him and captain Francisco Medina took charge. Medina declared to be a federalist and surrendered Pedras and 300 troops to the Texians. Wow. Piedras had lost 47 men with 40 plus wounded. The Texians marched and the rest of the soldiers, uh, him and the rest of the soldiers back to Nacogdoches and on to San Antonio where they were released. Uh, Asa Edwards escorted Piedras to Stephen F. Austin at San, uh, San Felipe. Piedras was paroled and sent to the Mexican interior. And uh, this is the fun part, right? So battle in Nacogdoches, a lot of, a lot of the, you know, the yeah. Mexican army mm-hmm. that was there, 300 plus, tr- you know, civilians mm-hmm. kind of gathered as a garrison. They only lost uh, three people. Four were wounded, one mortally, right? So they, they lost four people total. Okay. Against a Mexican 47 and mm. captured 300 plus yeah. these commanders. Mm-hmm. The Battle of Nacogdoches was a big turning point. Yeah. It was a big kind of inflection point in the te- in mm. Texas history. Yeah. And was one of the things that kind of sparked the revolution. Yeah. Right? And, and maybe gave, us a, gave them a little bit of hope of, well... If they can do that in nasty nap, right. knack and nowhere, we can definitely we can definitely guard this out. little mission. And you know everything is in context, right? You've got mm-hmm. Santa Ana, Piedras, you've yeah. got Bowie. A lot of players, sort of at happening. the beginning even, of even their also Edwards, yeah, yeah. So I thought that was a cool little That's part, really yeah, right? The Battle Heck of Nacogdoches. Yeah. Turns out Nacogdoches serves a purpose after all. <laughs> Who's our small town of the week? Take a wild guess. Is it Naka Nowhere? It's Naka Nowhere. Nacogdoches. So Nacogdoches, Texas is interesting to me because it's considered like the oldest city in Texas. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So settlements in the area go back 10,000 years to some of the first like natives that were ever there. Whoa. So Nacogdoches is the mm-hmm. seat of East Texas. Uh, it's the seat of Nacogdoches County. And in 2020, the census recorded 32,000 people. It is a sister city to the much larger uh, Nachitoches, Louisiana, the third largest city in the southern Arklatex area. Okay. <laughs> Stephen F. Austin University is also located in Nachitoches. Okay, gotcha. So a lot of... Axum Jacks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got a really pretty, you know, downtown. There are pictures. But yeah. here's like the history. An over- I'm sure it's not the- racist and brutal <laughs> at all. Um, you know, for us... Not so much. Okay. All right. So Nacogdoches, Texas, guys, earliest city in the entire state. It was, you know, originally the uh, Caddo Indians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, this is kind of their area. Yeah. It is near or on the site of Nevanton, the primary village of okay. the Nacogdoche tribe. Okay. Right. 
So that's why it's called Nacogdoches. Okay, that yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, it's named there. So Nacogdoches remained a Caddo Indian settlement until the early 19th century. Uh, in 1716, Spain established a mission there. Got it. So what did Spain they do with is the, the first. Well, you know Spain. They like to convert. So all of the natives convert or completely conquer. safe. Isn't that the Spanish motto? Convert, convert or, or conquer? conquer? Yeah. yeah. We have join or die. They have convert they or have, conquer. Yeah, it's, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just be convert or conquer, not convert or conquer. Yeah. Convert yeah. or. Yeah. yeah. So Spain is the first settlement. Um, nothing's really happening. It's just like a mission. You yeah. Know, small mission. Mm-hmm. In the 1960s, following the French-Indian War. 1960s? Uh, sorry, 1760. <laughs> the, <laughs> following the French-Indian War, uh, the Spanish officials decided the main, that maintaining the mission was too costly, and in 1772, they ordered all settlers to move to San Antonio. Okay. Some wanted to leave, but they actually had to force some of them out by force. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we're going to keep going, right? Yep. Uh, <laughs> in the 1800s, they, you know, it kind of becomes Texas later on. Yeah. But let's point out now that the, this city has been under more flags than the entire state of Texas. Yeah. So six flags should actually be in Nacogdoches. So six flags of Texas, it all it had all those flags. Okay. It also flew under the flags of the McGee Gutierrez Republic, the Long Republic. Are these and, families? And the Fredonian like, Republic. I remember Fredonia, like right? the Republic of Fredonia. Fredonia. What are those other two? It is just the names of the people. Who, like they were like, yeah, I'm going to have a castle. Their settlement. Yeah. Yeah. All much. right. Yeah, think like Spanish Vikings, yeah. you know, French Vikings, <laughs> Spikings. That, that type thing. Uh, in 1832, there was the Battle of Nacogdoches that okay. brought many local settlers together for what reason? To keep Nacogdoches? There you go. There you go. <laughs> so Thomas Jefferson Rusk was one of the most prominent uh, Nacogdoches settlers. He was a veteran of the Texas Revolution, a hero of San Jacinto, and he even signed the Declaration of Independence and was Secretary of War during the Republic of Texas. Okay. He was president of the Texas Statehood Commission and served as one of the first two uh, Texas U.S. senators along with Sam Houston and worked to establish Nacogdoches University, which operated from 1845 to 1895. Sam Houston also lived in Nacogdoches for four years prior to the Texas Revolution and opened a law office downtown. Okay. He courted Anna uh, Anna Reguet, a daughter of one of the leading citizens, but Anna rejected him when she found out that he was still married to Eliza Allen. <laughs> Wait, he was courting somebody <laughs> while he was married? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we'll get to that at some point. Uh, on, but that's on an interesting story. Or, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there, there's, here's another interesting person from Nacogdoches, uh, William Goins. He was a son of a white mother and a black father. He okay. operated a local inn, trucking service, blacksmith works, and maintained a plantation outside Nacogdoches on Goins Hill. He was married to a white woman and owned slaves and was appointed as an agent of trade with the Cherokees and was prominent in providing assistance to the Texas Army during the Revolution. So you've got this very interesting person yeah. <laughs> from Nacogdoches. With some conflicting views. <laughs> who was a hustler. He established yeah. a lot of things in Nacogdoches that are mm-hmm. still there. Uh Adolphus Stern was a merchant of Jewish extraction who maintained the first home in town. His frequent visitors included Sam Houston, Thomas Rusk, Chief Bowles, and David Crockett. So his diary is one of the best sources for early Nacogdoches history. Okay, nice. Back when people wrote down (laughs) just like regular things. (laughs) Yeah, just like kept track of their day. Can you imagine keeping track of of a day in in the 1800s? Woke up, ate, saw an Indian, didn't die, went to bed. Woke up, still alive, good day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> woke up didn't die <laughs> woke up looked at the sun until it hurt my head all right went to bed now here's kind of the more recent Nacogdoches okay history we're into the late 1800s early 1900s that's now. recent yeah 
Okay, yeah. go I on. Mean, like, okay, look, there were people there 10,000 years ago, so give me a break. Uh, okay, you're good. This yeah, there's lots to cover. This is recent. Yeah. There's a lot to cover. Mm-hmm. Nacogdoches has a lot going on. One of the most prominent, interesting things about it is it was the site of the Texas first oil rig. Oh, is that where Spindletop happened? No. Oh, wait. I so thought Spindletop uh, struck oil in 1901. Okay. And there is a an oil well in Nacogdoches that struck oil in 1898. Oh. Yeah. It. Okay. And it is not nearly as well known because it only produced one to 10 barrels a day. <laughs> it was it was a very low production. Yeah. Very independent. Endeavor. Yeah. It was the microbrewery of... But with the fame of Spindletop, they yeah. got a lot of funding at the time. They were okay. able to grow that little operation until okay. the Civil War. Uh, <laughs> and then so their oil sideways. operation was interrupted during the Civil War uh-huh. for reasons. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that episode. Coming back from the Civil War, somebody else bought it, tried to expand mm-hmm. the operations, and it never really fully yeah. expanded. Today, Nacogdoches is small. Okay. But an interesting visit. It has okay. one of those historic uh, old town areas. Mm-hmm. I mean, the oldest town. Yeah. The old yeah. mill is one of the most, uh, like, is one of the oldest historic sites where you can go. It's got a little museum. Okay. You can see the that one guy's diary. You can see. Can he flip you know, through pictures. it or is it just sort of it's like, just like in one of here's his diary, yeah. don't touch it. Um, and then. I wonder if he wrote about his dating life. <laughs> this is my favorite part of Nacogdoches now. Every year they host the Blueberry Festival. Just the blueberry. Just the blueberry. Like, hey, bring your blueberries. Oh, yeah, bring your blueberry. Blueberry yeah. time. Blueberry time. You guys, you guys like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? You're gonna love this festival. And I go into all the history just to just to illustrate like Texas is so full of history and interesting events and battles yeah. and people mm-hmm. and especially during the formation of it, it was home to so much passion and mm-hmm. all this overlap of people. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Nacogdoches had that historic battle. Sam yeah. Houston came through. David mm-hmm. David Bowie. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, <laughs> David Bowie. David Bowie. Just all the the guy with the knife, not with the weird hair. <laughs> Stephen F. Austin. All those guys. Yeah. Um. And I just thought it was a cool town. Yeah. So I mean, I well, especially you know, you go to New York, and they're like, "This pizza shop's been here for eight hundred years." It's like cool pizza yeah. shop. We have a, a, an oil well. Yeah. Suck it. Suck it. Yeah. Suck it. Spindle top. Yeah. How much does that pizza cost? Two dollars. Nacogdoches, Texas. Small Nacogdoches, town. Texas. All right. Nasty knack. Knack and nowhere. Yes, Running a small business is incredibly hard when you have no idea how to market it or brand it clearly. Small business owners, small business operators across the country work so hard to make products and services that they are proud of, but almost always hit a plateau in growth. That's why Creators Collective is here to help. For years, we have helped businesses triple, quadruple, even five times their revenue by creating branding and marketing content that clarifies your brand and drives sales. So if you are at a bottleneck or at a plateau trying to grow your small business, even stay in business, make sure to visit Creators Collective dot us right now schedule a call so we can find out what services you need how we can work with you and make sure that we can boost your bottom line so that you can grow as a business all right so who is our texas Texas badass badass of the week? week all right our texas badass of the week is so much more than who you think he is if you read like recent headlines and that includes me i've only known this person as Sort of a rambunctious yeah. gambling addict. And I knew you were going to do this guy, and I'm so glad you did. I have to do it. So it is Jim McInvale, otherwise known as Mattress Mac. Mattress Mac. The man who, as recently as this past weekend, mm-hmm. 
won $75 million. That's his biggest payout so far. It's the biggest payout ever on a mm-hmm. sports bet. I'm going to get to that in a minute. But yeah, <laughs> Mattress Mac, owner of Gallery Furniture in Houston, Texas. And he's become a little more well-known over the past couple of years yeah. as a fun guy in the public. He frequently makes pretty big sports bets. He'll yeah. bet on the Kentucky Derby. He'll bet on the final four like he's kind of always he making bets, public that's like six he figures he, on he's quoted as saying i have a high risk tolerance yeah. a little bit of background though um so he was born in starkville mississippi mm-hmm. grew up in dallas texas went to the university of north texas and then moved to houston he spent his last ten thousand dollars on a tv commercial ad for gallery furniture and at the time him and his wife were sleeping in the store whoa like they legitimately lived in the store thank god it's a mattress store right (laughs) good thing it's not an iron maiden store am i right (laughs) it'd be real tough to sleep in like a spencer's gifts yeah i would (laughs) or like a mardell's christian gifts right like yeah there's no bed here but i can sleep on max locato books just staring at Jesus. Yeah. Or at like a, a Best Buy, which is all the TVs on all mm-hmm. night or a bed of nail store. Best Buy could be fun. I I could have fun for a minute, for but a then minute. all the blue light, you don't no, be able fair, to sleep fair. at all. So him and his wife are sleeping in the store. They're he sleeping in the store. Last $10, he spends the last $10,000 on this TV ad. And that's where he sort of found out he had a knack for promotion. He went into business because he views himself as, I mean, he is very entrepreneurial. Very much so identifies himself as equal parts capitalist yep. and social worker has high risk tolerance high risk tolerance but this is when he finds out he really has a knack for doing promotion and he ended the commercial by saying and we will save you money so now if you go to Houston and you meet people from Houston and ask about Mattress Mac the first thing they'll say is Mattress Mac will save you, you money because yeah. moving forward in every single commercial he did he would end it with that like slogan or tagline save you money yeah so today so we're talking about from a last chance $10,000 TV ad investment gallery is worth over $300 million as a business and what's freaking crazy if you if you look into it mm-hmm. even down to how he treats his workers in the warehouse there's three free meals a day breakfast lunch and dinner is free that's unheard of free preschool they have a free high school that operates like in the warehouse yeah. where employees can finish their degree between ages 16 and 26 you can also go to trade school in the warehouse in exchange for your labor mm-hmm. um and yeah, I just thought that was freaking crazy. So they've got like built in. They've got built if you in. Learn the next step. Here it is. Yeah, you okay. know, work a little bit, get your meal. They have a gym on site that people can use on their shift. So it's not just there for like pre or post shift. People can go in, get a workout in mid shift. Yeah. So there's the way he treats his employees, but then there's even the way that he has become a figurehead in the community. He's mm-hmm. always been big on philanthropy, on community service. You know, his big thing is. Um, he believes his obligation as a business owner is to give. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest notifiers of that was during uh, Hurricane Harvey a couple of years ago. He opened up the store for victims of Hurricane Harvey who had lost their homes to sleep in the store. Mm-hmm. Like legitimately, there's images of people just with blankets on top of a mattress, on top of a couch, just, you know, while our, our wonderful friend Joel's... I was about to make the joke. Is, is keeping, <laughs> keeping the doors of the church shut. 
Mattress Mac is like, well, just come in here. God forbid you sleep in a pew. And then almost every single person who had to seek refuge or shelter at Gallery Furniture got their homes refurnished for free. Just imagine if the hunchback in Notre Dame was shouting for sanctuary in front of Mattress Max. <laughs> he actually would have gotten in. Yeah, he would have. Act- We'd have no movie, though. We'd have no movie. We need the Joel Osteens of the world so that we can <laughs> so have we can the humpbacks. Interesting the stories. <laughs> yeah. So that we have movies to sell. Anyway. What so, we're saying is Disney wouldn't survive without corrupt religion. <laughs> That's exactly what we're saying. Yeah. Um, and so... We don't just highlight him as a Texas badass for the bed, but here's the details of the bed because it's even more than you think it is. Apparently, I love the details of the bed. Yeah, okay. The the way he hedges is incredible, and what he does with the hedge is actually the most incredible I need you to define what hedge means in like 20 minutes because I still don't understand what that means. Okay, fair. I went to business school. Go for it. (laughs) Thank you, you, Texas A&M, three and five. Um, So... The original bet started as $3 million, mm-hmm. which he put down at the beginning of the year for the Astros, the Houston Astros, to win the World Series. Mm-hmm. So the bet was beginning of the year, no games played yet. He's betting on the Astros to win it all. He puts that bet down on the Caesars mobile betting app, mm-hmm. like all in one play in the parking lot of a restaurant in Louisiana. Over the next few days, he tacks on $7 million more million in bets on the Astros to win it all. So he had a collective $10 million bet on the Houston Astros to win. Now, for those not baseball people out there, totally get it. Baseball is kind of a boring game to most people. You have to understand how crazy that is. Even if the Astros are good, they're one of the best teams, best lineups in the world, ever assembled, for sure. But baseball is not like basketball or football where you can just say that's the best team, they're going to win. For the most part, in the NFL and the NBA, you say that's the best team. They're probably going to win. The chances... It's high. The Astros could have sucked this year, even with the best lineup, because baseball doesn't make sense. Even the team they were playing, my favorite team in the world, the Phillies, were third in the NLEs, Mm -hmm. the third wild card, got hot, and made it to the World Series. Which is an amazing story. Amazing story in itself. And I I will argue that they had one of the best lineups all year. They just didn't play well. But all to say, like, this is in perspective. Too many games in baseball. Yeah, the way the way it works as far as like wild cards and those things. It's a pretty insane bet to just say this team's going to win it all, no matter what. But here's the thing that a lot of people didn't know: he ran that with a promotion that if he won his bet, anybody who spent three thousand dollars or more Mm -hmm. at Gallery Furniture would get a full refund. And then double what they spent. Mm-hmm. So the promotion was if you buy over $3,000 yeah. and Mattress Mac wins the bet, you will be refunded your money and then doubled. Yeah. So you're actually going to profit what you spent. Mm-hmm. And by God, he won, and he won the bet. He turned $10 million into $75 million. Yeah. Biggest sports betting at sports bet ever paid out that we know of. The first time that Caesars has ever reported a net loss. Mm-hmm. That's how much money he won. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like the, the thing is, you know, the house always wins for the first time ever. House statistically lost. speaking, the house lost money in this case. That's crazy. Isn't that insane? And I just love that. Here's the other cool part about that. Yeah. Is the, the person who runs the app because mm-hmm. he bet he did a betting app and yeah. there are different parts of different it. ways. It's it a, betting is weird. Yeah. Every, the people who understand betting are frat boys. Right. And mattress Mac. <laughs> And the cool part is the guy who runs the Caesars betting Mm -hmm. app. He was like, look, 
we we lost money on this, but uh-huh. like we're gonna pay out. Yeah, we're gonna pay out. <laughs> yeah, this, this is the coolest thing ever. Yeah, and I also love that. Like when I picture gamblers and mm-hmm. gambling addicts, I picture like Michael Jordan and kind of sleazy, like rooms sure. full of smoke. You know, just the the way the movies depict high state gambling right. is very like almost mafia adjacent, mm-hmm. rough and tough crowds. Mattress Mac is the most wholesome person I've ever seen interviewed ever. Yeah. Like the nicest dude could have been truly be. deserving of Texas badass of the week. Does, and you know, we have ad space. So if gallery furniture wants to sponsor the next episode of Texas, we're happy to give out discounts. We're happy to shout you out mattress <laughs> Mac, even if not, but still seriously mattress Mac for the way he has run his business for mm-hmm. his entire vibe and personality his desire to just bet big and win big is Texas on its own. So mattress Mac, we salute you. You are, you are our Texas badass of the week. Now for my not so favorite part of the whole thing, the Astros won the world series. Look, <laughs> I love the Astros since when I've always loved the Astros. They, they're the only baseball team that I unabashedly love. And there, there's, there's a reason. I mean, there's a couple reasons. Yeah. But the main reason is one of my favorite family memories mm-hmm. is our trip to Houston. That was pretty cool to see the Astros. Yeah. In the Astrodome. No, it was in Minute Maid Park. In Minute Maid Park. Yeah. Second game I ever played in yeah. Minute Maid Park. Which was incredible. That was that was pretty cool. That was I'll amazing, it and it, it was. <laughs> there were so many things that went wrong. Yeah. <laughs> on that trip. Yep. I don't know if you remember the entirety. I, re- I remember the entirety. <laughs> but I just, I remember it being the first time we were on a trip where everything was just like not working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we finally get to the, to the ballpark and everybody kind of like lets out a, a sigh. Yeah. And then we're like, all right, for the next one to 20 hours, we're going to be in this baseball yeah. park, <laughs> hanging out. Gunner's going to go get some autographs. Yeah. Like we're, we're going to hang out. We're going to watch America's pastime. It's yep. going to be great. And it was, it was, it, it was, was awesome. a really good. We, we time. got to see Roger Clemens pitch. Yeah, we, did. we got to see Barry Bonds take batting practice. Mm-hmm. We got to watch the root. Cause I remember Minute Maid yeah. Park was the first stadium that was going to have the retractable. The tractable, and we actually got to watch we it Sat there for an hour just and just like watched it. it. It was amazing. The coolest thing you ever. So did. cool. We went to NASA the day before. Yeah. The roof the, was, was cooler, than, was the cooler than NASA. Like, show me a spaceship that can retract. NASA, step roof. up your game. You yeah. know what? I'm not. I'm not even gonna like. I'm gonna look right here. <laughs> NASA, your tour was uneventful and subpar. I need you to step your game up because space is cool, and you guys should be cooler than you are. Space is cooler than a retractable roof, but you somehow managed. You to somehow make managed it to make it less, less cool. cool. So, so NASA, good job. I don't know how you did it. it. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, so yeah, yeah. Roger Clemens is one of my favorite pitchers. Yeah. I loved that. I got to see him. Mm-hmm. Astros have historically had my favorite uniform. Fair. It's, it's fair. my favorite uniform of yeah. all time. Mm-hmm. The original Astrodome is one of the coolest buildings ever. Well, it was the eighth wonder. It was the, the eighth wonder of the eighth world. Man made wonder of the right. world. It, it's home to so many movies and mm-hmm. uh, amazing moments in sports history. And you know what? I'm going to say it. I love that the Astros cheated. Well, okay. Well, here's the I thing. I love it. Here's the thing. Again, I'm not an Astros fan. I know. But there's a lot of things about the Astros winning that I do like. Yeah. One of them is we can put the cheating thing yeah. to rest. To because bed. here's the thing. From the time you're 12 years old mm-hmm. as a baseball player, you are taught to pick up a sign and communicate it to whoever's at bat or uh-huh. communicate it to the dugout. Like you're always trying to you find can, ways. You're trying to find an edge. Baseball is like cycling in the way that it's one of the most petty sports mm-hmm. on the planet. 
that tries to act like it's the most sophisticated sport Can we not, on the planet. Let's stop pretending like competitive, like when you're competing. Yeah. They, we're not trying to be. You're not trying to find an edge somehow, some way. And the whole thing with the Astros was we had a camera that was communicating signs and we mm-hmm. were hitting the trash can. Number one, even if you know what's coming, yeah. hitting a major league slider that now goes 99 miles Literally the hour, hardest thing to do in Hardest sports. thing on the planet. So you can know what's coming or not. It's still hard. Number two, Everybody from the New York Yankees to the Oakland A's spanning the entire spectrum is cheating. Every single team is cheating. 100% was cheating. Guys are juicing and not getting caught. We're picking up signs however we can do Mm -hmm. it. We're putting corks in the baseball bat. This is MLB at its finest. I think that they should instill a rule that you have a cheating year and a no cheating year. Just let people cheat all they want for a Mm -hmm. year. Then do no cheating and let's see how the stats go. Let's <laughs> see how the viewership goes up it. and down. Oh, it was twice the viewership when guys were putting steroids in their ass and we were videoing. I personally the think it should be required. I think it should. I think every single professional too hot should be. On I'm steroids. just saying it's a little unfair mm. that when all of this came out two years after the fact, I mean, we're talking this we're all talking, came yeah, out came after out they already later. won their first world series, yeah. which was a good memory for me. All my roommates were Houston Astros fans. Yeah. I drove them to Houston the night they won that first World Series. They got Astros butt tats from mm-hmm. drunk tattoo artists that have been sitting Love thrown it. all night. It was great. It kind of it was a very crappy thing on the journalists, the baseball writers, and MLB to just come out later and say, "Well, they were cheating." So this whole thing is null and void. Yeah. So even as a non-Astros fan, I'm happy they won now, so that we can just put it to rest. Right. Like, because for a while there, the Astros had an asterisk, you know, yeah, next, next to their name. <laughs> Thank you. But now we can say, look. They did it. If anybody was being monitored for cheating strictly, it's been the Astros, mm-hmm. and they still did it because they run their they run their operations better than most teams do, if yeah. not all. I mean, Carlos Correa is one of the best shortstops in the game, and they pretty much said, "Walk, we have uh, Pena." Mm-hmm. Like tip of the cap. Also, Dusty Baker getting a World Series. Yeah. As somebody who one of my first baseball memories, Makes you watching happy. Dusty Baker chew a toothpick. Uh, being the manager for the Giants in dad's lap. That's really cool to that's see. It's really cool, right? Happy to see it. But damn it, I wish they had lost. I know. So let's, <laughs> why do you love the Phillies so much? So I, because look, th- this is the Texas podcast. It's the Texas podcast. We are podcast. aware that we like things. Texas, Texas. Because they're Texas. Yeah. And, and sometimes we like things that aren't Texas. Yeah. Sometimes we, I, and here's the thing. I wish I could be an Astros fan. Yeah. You know, like I want to be an Astros fan, the space city, uh, city connect. Look, it's the same reason I'm not a Cowboys fan. I just can't. So I am not an Astros fan for more the reason that I was not an Astros fan as a kid. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people hopped on the bandwagon when they started getting good. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's just a cheap thing to do, right? Like even people from Houston that now say they were Astros fans. Yeah, you don't believe. Were them. you an Astros fan when Craig Biggio was there, when Lance Berkman was there, when Andy Pettit was coming out to star, when Richard Hidalgo was stealing bases? If you can't name those players, you're not an Astros fan. You just hopped on the bandwagon when they moved to the AL to the AL West and spent two years being last and finally came to first. You're just proud of your city, which is cool, but you're not an Astros fan. So for me, I thought the most disingenuous thing I can do is say I'm an Astros fan because mm-hmm. I've never been an Astros fan. Well, I at least appreciate your consistency. Yeah, exactly. So it was just like, I, yeah. I'm never going to say I'm an Astros fan. I have to pretty much commit to never being one because I wasn't rooting for them when they sucked. Yeah. I mean, as long as you recognize that's your paradigm and that's your yeah. choice, that's fine. But I think that's the right thing to do. 
I don't know. We that live in a we live in a black and white world, right or wrong. <laughs> and every you live single in a black person, and white world. Every, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's fair. You live in a black and white world. Everybody else lives in a world Everyone that's pretty great. Lives in a world where you can just root for the Astros when you're from freaking Katy, Texas, and have never even been to a game. So. That's it rubs me wrong. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's just all these people walking You're so around. Pure. You're such a pure yes, person. Dude, there's people walking around with Wranglers and boots on that work in finance and downtown. Who've Houston, never seen a ranch in the day Tulsa, of their life. Oklahoma and say they're Astros fans. That's not right. <laughs> this coming from a it guy right. that's a Phillies fan. So here's it ain't the- right. Something's wrong with it. It ain't right. It ain't right. It just brother. ain't right. It's against God. <laughs> this is unholy. How dare you like the Astros? I'd like to quote my favorite singer, Sam Smith, and say this is unholy. <laughs> and so, yeah, this is all stupid coming from a Phillies fan that's yeah. from Texas and mm-hmm. lives in Texas. I'm a Phillies fan. But you've always been a Phillies fan. I've always been. A, you can attest. I've always rooted for mm-hmm. the Phillies. This is true. I my, my loyalty in baseball has always been a little more widespread because I'm a baseball fan mm-hmm. first. First. And that is so, true. So choosing alliances has for a been long different. time. You were a Giants fan. Like, well, I've always they were been the a number Giants one. Fan. I know, but yeah. for a long time they were number they one. They were number one. Barry Bonds, Jeff Kent, yeah. T.T. Snow, Dusty Baker. Again, if you can't name the players that were there when they weren't winning, don't be a fan. Right. Um, Matt Cain, Tim Lincecum, mm-hmm. like loved watching the Giants growing up. I still love watching the Giants. Well, whenever you grow up, the Giants were very interesting. It, well, a so lot was going on. The Giants were the first team mm. when I was a kid, like yeah. the first world series I remember watching is Giants angels. Yeah. Like watching every game, hanging me, you and dad hanging yeah. out till late in the night, watching playoff baseball, watching world series baseball. So that's how the Giants come in the picture. Mm-hmm. Then like that next step, so going from like dad's lap to I'm watching some games on my own and can, can, you know, like pick teams. That's when it was Roy Halladay, Cole Hamels, and uh, Roy Oswalt, like one, two, three for the Phillies. Mm -hmm. Jason Hayward was hitting the furthest dingers you've ever seen. Jimmy Rollins was at shortstop, Chase Utley at second base. They had a run 06 through 10 where they won the World Series three times, won twice. Mm-hmm. So I, I was like young but old enough to sort of like hop on the Phillies you were bandwagon. Fanatic, you know? At the same time, I was also starting to listen to hardcore music mm-hmm. and a lot of really good hardcore bands out come out of Philly. Yep. So I just started... Yeah, why is that? <laughs> I was actually talking to my barber about this the other day because cool. she's from Baltimore. Okay. Some really good hardcore bands from Baltimore too. And we were sort of joking about how these like blue collar depressing towns have a way of creating the best hip hop and the best hardcore. Yeah. And I think it's cause like those genres are a reaction against mm-hmm. like harsh situations. Yeah. And those personalities are a reaction to like a reality that is just shitty. Yeah. So fair enough. Yeah. That like, you know, we, that's a whole other podcast. I can talk about that all day. Well, yeah, I, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about like the, the advent of like Kurt Cobain and yeah. all the punk scene and the grunge mm-hmm. and like what was going on there. Yeah. Cause that was very much like that's Seattle. Yeah. That's and Seattle. Seattle still produces that music. That, yeah, exactly. Just nobody's into it. Sadly. Um, yeah. Oh wow. That was louder than I thought. It would be. Um, I'll give you this. At least the Phillies have my favorite mascot. The Matt dude, the fanatic, the fanatic is, is hilarious. The, the fans are amazing. And then, you know, triple down. Yeah. I hate the Cowboys. I do hate the, Cowboys. I'm part of the generation of Texans that are like, why root for the Cowboys? And what better way to annoy your father than voting for Beto and rooting for the Philadelphia 
Eagles. So it just sort of all came together is like, I'm a Phillies fan. And then back in 2019, my favorite player ever mm-hmm. of all time, Bryce, Bryce Harper, Harper. Yep. signed with the Phillies. So then it's like, and we're in and we're in. Yeah. What sucks is I live in Texas, so I can't just all the time talk about the Phillies because you could. I could, but everyone would be like mm, the Astros. Well, shut up. Hey, man, if that's like if if you, you say it with your chest, you know, don't uh, go Phillies. Um, there you so, go. Yeah, this World Series was really fun to watch yeah. as a Texan and a Phillies fan. Yeah. Congratulations to the Astros. I know you didn't did cheat. It. Congratulations, <laughs> Mattress Mac. I'm really hoping my Phillies can like have a good year yeah. next year and make it back. A rematch wouldn't be bad. I wouldn't mind it. I think the Phillies would be Mac, better next year. If you're listening, uh, 12 million for a rematch. Astros win? 1 million will cover it. Don't, don't, no, <laughs> call the shot. No, don't get call the shot. Bet. What? We're gonna cover a million? No, we'll cover the the like the series. Oh, we'll cover the series. Yes. Oh, I thought you meant money wise. We will cover the bet. No, no, like, no we mattress Mac. No, the wallet. I mean, hey man, like I, I'll say I'll cover it. Like take whatever you want from me. <laughs> I have nothing. Nothing to give. I don't even have my health. <laughs> That's already been taken. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, if you're an Astros fan and you want to defend yourself. Feel free to do so, but if you're not from the place in Houston that's within the loop, don't even at me. I would love it if every one of our followers who is not from the area to just message Gunner. I please do. I'm going to prove you wrong and why you shouldn't be an Astros fan. So. I think you can be a fan. I why state your case. I think you should be allowed to be a fan of anybody you're a fan of. Oh, you're like doing if, the free country. No, 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 no. This is not free about speech. Oh, do, 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 do. free country. We can throw for everyone. I, I always go back to this. I didn't always like all the foods I like and and I don't like some of the foods I used to. Okay. All right. And I'm allowed to. Right. I, I'll give you that. Cool. I'll give you that. So if and I, I understand yeah. why you like the Astros. Yeah. You're not the Astros fan. I have a problem. I know. I know. It's, it's the like Houston here's, specific. Ones. Here's why I don't have a problem with it. Actually. Okay. It, it's because you have to start somewhere. So if you're latching onto the Astros because they got hot. Mm-hmm. Great. Keep that same energy when they're not. Thank you. So, that, yeah, so that's here's, maybe the, here's the differentiation for me. Mm-hmm. I don't mind if you hop on the bandwagon, if you stay on the bandwagon, but how many people actually stay on the bandwagon? I don't know. I just, I don't like see... I'm Lance Armstrong, ride or die, nut or no nut. So, <laughs> like I'll, I'll claim it. But how many other people are still on the bike rooting for my boy? I don't know, man. Not enough, <laughs> but that's why like, look, yeah. I'm not, in the same way, I'm not going to judge you for stopping, right? I'm, I'm not going to judge you for joining. Well, you have to judge them for stopping. If someone gets off the bandwagon, you have to judge them. I could just like not talk to God's them. God's judging them. Exactly. I don't have to. <laughs> You're right. All That's right. for him, not for me. Awesome. Well, like he said, if you have a problem with my view on Astros fans, feel free to DM me. We can get into it. And uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, check us out on YouTube. We've got some great videos. Thanks to Pouch Six Media. Let's right go here Pouch Six Media. Texas, coming to you live. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all.